and welcome to the University Podcast. This podcast aims to unravel the corners of university that you may not always hear about. Joining me each week will be guests who have lived through new, challenging or difficult experiences during their time at university and they will be sharing their stories along with some advice for you if you're ever in the same situations as them. In this first episode I'm starting by speaking to the wonderful Alex Brown. Alex is a fourth year student studying Spanish and as a compulsory part of her course took a year abroad. In this episode I want to quiz Alex on everything in relation to her year abroad, looking at the highs, the lows and everything in between, really getting her thoughts on the experience as a whole and any advice she'd give to those who have their year abroad coming up. So let's go and meet her. Oh, well, oh, it's, it's a sweet, sweet tea, it's all sweet. a little bit funny. Yeah. He said, I don't know how much we've done, I don't know how long we've had on this podcast. <laughs> He's going to know I'm a thief. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm alright, very tired. Oh yeah, I know, it's, <laughs> it's been class. Yeah. <laughs> so the podcast today is going to look at your year abroad and all of those kind of things that come along with it. So first question, before we talk about you hopping on a plane, I want to take it right all the way back. Did you know what a year abroad was? It was always sold to me, not even sold to me, but just like I'd always heard it in the context of, oh, you just live somewhere to improve your language. Yeah. Like how when you first heard that, were you like, that's really cool? I feel like at that point, because I think the first time I sort of really understood it was when I was in year ten. So I was still like so young. (laughs) (laughs) Looking back at it, yeah that it just seems so far away because that's a that's just a general personality trait of mine is that I think it's in the future it's fine and yeah. then when it actually hits you're like oh no so then when you came to kind of looking at universities and applying to universities was a year abroad something that you were looking for I think first of all before I even said yes I definitely want to go to uni I was like I'm gonna do a gap year <laughs> I want to do a gap year <laughs> but that was always with a view to improving language so I was actually a lot more adventurous at that point. I was like, yeah, I want to go to Peru. I want to go to Peru and volunteer. And like, I generally looked at like a lot of volunteering. So that, that was my, I kind of had this thing of like, yeah, I want to go abroad without really understanding what that really meant and like how it was going to go down, like actually going away on your own. But then when I was applying for unis, when I sort of was like, no, I'm going to go to uni straight away. And I knew that I wanted to do Spanish. If you want to study Spanish or any language, it's a compulsory thing from the unis that I was looking at. How was it explained to you as a concept? Like, was that a big focus of open days or did different unis explain it differently? I think it was always mentioned. I didn't go to that many open days. The ones I did go to, you know, you'd maybe ask about and be like, oh yeah, you can go here, you can go here, you can work or you can do uni. That was kind of it. And then I remember the focus being more on like, these are the modules you can do and like, this is how much language we teach and things like that. So... It was always kind of mentioned, but it was in no way sort of foregrounded. When you did kind of come to uni, was there any mention of it to you in the first year? Or did that mainly come in in the second year? I would say the second year. Like, they, again, it was just mentioned. It was dropped kind of um, in certain speeches, plenaries, whatever. It was more of a focus on, like, this is how you write essays and, like, this is how you exceed academically. Because I think a lot of people, like, well, everyone kind of struggles when you first get to uni because you need to figure out what it is that they want from you. When you moved into second year then, how did the process start? Well, so I'm sure you've had the same where you'll have, like, an introduction to the course. 
Um, and then they kind of tell you about all the important things that are going to go down, if there's anything special that is going to be happening that year. And we had one of those, but for the year abroad. Um, and so that's when they kind of laid everything out to you. Like, you can work, you can do British Council, which is where you teach English um, with on like a government programme, or you can go for uni. Um, and they kind of tell you the... They don't say the places you can go because the thing is when you do modern languages, everyone gets clumped in together. Is that not quite daunting, though? Because I would say, personally, like, at the end of first year, you get so used to just kind of being in your bubble of people. And I guess you would have had that with, like, Spanish and Portuguese. And then mm -hmm. suddenly, on a massive thing where you're up here in your whole life, mm -hmm. you're suddenly bunched in with loads of other people. So it's not even that kind of close atmosphere. Yeah, we didn't get like any seminars or anything like that. Um, obviously, you maybe be mentioned with certain tutors, but again, it just depends if you have a lot of classes with a certain tutor, how much they really interacted with the class. It was very general. I would say they, they put the information there, but they didn't necessarily make an effort to make sure that everyone was yeah. doing it. It's very much something that you have to have agency with, and it's only until you've not put in an application for anything that some of them are like, um, do you know? if you don't complete this then like you can't do your degree like we just yeah. get out so they they don't they don't say it like that but like they'll chase you up on it that's a big thing the whole thing is is agency like you have to be like okay this is something that i am organizing through the university but the university is not going to organize it for me yeah which is good in a way because it is encouraging that whole thing of like coming to university being independent going off on your own mm. but i think sometimes that might be overlooked because it is so massive. I guess another thing as well is that if you are put in that situation where you're seeing loads of other people who are having to go through the same process as mm -hmm. you, yes, that might be good in the sense that you're like, oh, okay, people are going through the same thing. But then also from a, there is someone somewhere who I'm sending all this information to and they're sorting it out times 200. Honestly, it's a sink or swim. And that goes for the whole thing, like the organisation when you're actually out there. Um, it'll depend on who you're dealing with, but my experience is that the year abroad office I know is is underfunded and that's something that has come up kind of recent. Like I, we've only really found this out when we've come back, but you send an email off and it gets lost in the ether. So you yeah. have to be so persistent. You have to find individual people. It's something you really have to work at. You know, you have to work at it to get people to kind of notice you when you're like, I have a big problem or yeah. I need to know this. And it's a lot easier when you're actually in um, the same country. Yeah. So when you're yeah. actually sorting out in second year, you can go to a tutor that you trust or like you can go to your welfare officer or whatever and be like, look, this is really bothering me. Or you can go to the person who organises the work experience. But as soon as you kind of start sending off faceless emails, you have to email a lot. Also in your second year, were you talking to people who had come back? Because obviously, even though your course is four years, the second and fourth year are probably a lot closer. Well, I would personally say there's actually quite a big divide between the second and fourth years. Would you say? Yeah. Because of that kind of year difference. Yeah, I would maybe say so that fourth years come back and they're kind of readjusting and they're reacclimatizing, whereas second years feel like they're still like they've just had their first year coming back in now, and I know where everything is, and I've got my friendship groups and I've got my activities and I, I know my tutors and I'm excited for my course whereas it's a lot scarier coming back in for the, the fourth years and it's weird as well because now you've seen these this, these second years are kind of like super confident I guess it depends on the people as well but 
the second years would have been first years while you're away, so you've never seen these people before. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a big thing as well that I would say, is that I didn't really get the opportunity to talk to people. Um, the only person that I actually managed to get in touch with was um, when I secured my work placement, I got put in touch with the guy who was already out there. He was so helpful. I think I was just lucky that I ended up, like going on the same um, work experience as someone who was just really helpful. He'd had a lot of problems with the year abroad officer who was like literally any any questions. That was actually really, really constructive for me, but he wasn't, he was um, a year above me. So when I was on my year abroad, he was a fourth year. So that was a bit different. But I think sometimes with sort of the second year, fourth year dynamic, it's like maybe when I was going through it, you didn't really have the opportunity to talk to the second years, whereas the modern languages society has changed a lot. And so they've made a really big effort to kind of link up fourth years and second years and any questions, if you're doing teaching, link those guys up. If you've been to this place, link those guys up. Do you think there are some people, though, that come in with the gap year mentality? Maybe they've taken one, maybe they haven't taken one, but they do just see it as one big holiday and they don't want it to be kind of tainted by any practicalities. I am not sure. I think it's more a case of some people it might it, it might be like that. Um, I think in, in some people's case, they've just got it so hyped up in their head as this amazing thing and they're going to go away and they're going to come back and they're going to be fluent in three languages and it's and it's going to be this this fulfilling epiphany. Yeah. And like for some people it is. Like, they go away and they just come back a totally different person because they've had the best time ever and it's like, fair dues. But I guarantee you those people as well will have had issues and troubles, but it's just that you don't necessarily talk about them. And I think... I think it's that they don't want to taint that image of like this is going to be perfect this is going to be what makes my degree like worth it a lot of people as well go over and think like, i'm going to come back fluent and it's like maybe maybe you'll come back fluent but i don't know how much i would have taken that on as a second year myself so yeah because it's quite hard in retrospect would you say it's better to approach it with rose tinted glasses or would you have preferred someone to really sit you down and be like, look? I think there is something to be said for, like, if you've got unbridled enthusiasm, then you go and you make the most of it. And if you're the sort of person that you can you can approach challenges and yeah, also... Yeah, take a knock. Yeah, not, like, exactly, take a knock. Sometimes they're not even challenges, they're just bad things that happen. And you're like, yeah. cool, great, we carry on. Well, let's get into the actual year abroad itself then, because you were supposed to go to two mm. places and then only ended up going to one. What happened? Yeah. Well, um, we had a lot of problems with the language teaching in first and second year. I'm not going to get into it. I'm fairly studious and I was having a lot of problems in terms of how studious. it was. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Essentially, it was a little bit of a mess. It was a lot of a mess. And I was supposed to be going to uh, Lisbon in Portugal and essentially I need to feel prepared in certain situations so I don't like being abroad and not being able to speak the language which is funny because like I don't study that many comparatively um so with like my Spanish I'm really confident in it I, I enjoy speaking it whereas with the Portuguese I was like I don't think I can string a sentence together even with the studying um and notoriously European Portuguese is very hard to understand so Brazilian Portuguese is a little bit easier because it's more open, um, whereas European Portuguese is very much like just, you know, you can't like, you can't distinguish yeah, vowels and stuff. Yeah, decipher it. Exactly. That is the hard thing. Going from 
like studying it where everyone is aware of everyone's ability yeah. and saying it to you and then going to someone where that is their native language and they speak it as fast exactly. as they like exactly. yeah is, is absolutely going to be scary yeah and especially when like I have experience with Spanish native speakers and I was like I don't know anyone from Portugal like I've never had any practice so I went over like in February like in the February of my second year with my mum and I was like ha 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 I don't understand anybody and like they like it just that started off like a descent an absolute mental descent for me um to the point where we went again in uh the summer me and my whole family they were like we're gonna go to lisbon like we're gonna scout it out like you can practice your portuguese it's fine and like i was in a restaurant and i genuinely like couldn't the guys like the thing is in lisbon they all speak perfect english as well but for me i was like that's not the point there's no point me coming if i can't yeah, do that. Practice it. Yeah, and anyway, we ended up just like visiting the university area. I was really awful to my parents, and like I, I don't fight with them at all. But like, essentially, I was just the state, and um, we went back to the hotel, and my parents were like, "We don't think you should come here because like yeah. you're not behaving like yourself. Like we don't really like we didn't fully understand what was going on at the time, but so." At that point, I emailed my tutor, like, the longest email you've ever seen. I was just crying, like, trying to email, <laughs> like, oh, trying to make sense. And um, I, I put my phone number in and I see, because, again, like I said, you have to know who to email. So I CC'd in, like, five people and I was like, I'm just going to be laid bare to these five <laughs> randos that I've maybe seen in the corridor a few times. And um, thankfully, the lady who organises the um, work experience, so was supposed to be going to a university in Lisbon for half a year. Um, and then doing work experience or work a, a work placement sorry in Spain for the other half of the year and she said look I can talk to the person at the school but as a general rule like they're really really flexible I'll literally sort it out for you she rang me back the next day and she rang my number and she was the only one I heard sight or sound of no one else replied oh, no. and she just said I'll sort it out for you like I've spoken to them and then by the end of the day she said I've spoken to them they've said you can do the whole year so you just need to drop out of um Portuguese unit. So once you'd kind of sorted out your kind of year in general and that mm -hmm. you were going to go to Spain for the whole year, yeah. how was it kind of leaving, packing up, going over there? Was that a nightmare? Because for me, living abroad for a year, how do you get that all through the airport? How do you carry enough stuff for a year <laughs> in that tiny little suitcase allowance and 24 kilograms? <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe you've not seen this part of me, but, like, I can travel fairly light, which is, I don't know why, because, like, I always, like, pull out 15 things when I get ready in the morning. I'm like, what am I going to wear? So, like, I don't know how I manage that. But, um, yeah, I, so I remember going, and there was another girl who was going to be in Seville, which is the city that I was in in the south of Spain, and um, she was there, like, a few days beforehand, and she was, and she was like, how, how have you only got this? Because she, like, helped me get to my... Um, like when I was moving from my Airbnb to my actual apartment, I literally had like one suitcase and a carry on. Um, and it was a suitcase you like pop it up, make it like a really big suitcase. But I just packed summer clothes. I packed summer clothes because I was like, it, it was 42 degrees when I got there and I was informed that it wasn't going to get cold until December, which it didn't. So I was like, cool. <laughs> so I was very much like, under the impression that I would just buy clothes of and when I needed them out there because I didn't think I would really need too much. Oh, like you do that thing. I don't even know how to fold clothes right, but I had so much fun doing this. Um, you have to like fold them, like fold the arms into the shirt and then just roll it. 
If you roll all yeah, your clothing, you I'm roll, telling you. You get more space. My friend does that. Yeah. It works. Magic tip. Yeah, and you put like your um like your socks and your shoes and stuff. Because yeah, mm, I, I brought like yeah. sandals, a workout pair of trainers, a normal pair of trainers and like some boots. I bought loads of shoes while I was over there. I don't know. I feel like I don't know why I did that. I just bought a lot of shoes. <laughs> they were quite cheap. <laughs> well, experience for Blake. So were you getting paid for the job that you were doing? I wasn't. <laughs> um, I wasn't. That was just because it was technically a work placement, but it was like a, a more of a kind of voluntary thing. Um, that being said, I had a lot of free time, so I didn't really feel too exploited. Yeah. That particular one wasn't paid, but like I had a friend working at like a, a magazine in Madrid, and she was getting paid. Like so, it just it really depends on yeah. the company, and you agree that beforehand, and then your grant takes that into account. So like if I was being paid anything, I would have put it on my grant sheet, but obviously I wasn't, so I got more of an Erasmus grant. So I found it like the living costs were okay. Yeah, and how was like day to day living when you were out there? Was that nice? Was it better than uni, or was it? I would say the biggest difference, obviously, if we're just sort of disregarding the place a little bit, make it a bit more general, was that I was not in uni 24-7, um, and I wasn't at a job in 24-7. I worked, like, three half days a week, and then the second half I worked four half days a week. So I had to prep for lessons and stuff, but it was all very chilled, like, language-based stuff that I actually quite enjoyed doing. So it meant that I had a lot of free time. So for me, it was very much a question of, Fill your time with constructive things, which like was quite hard at the beginning because you've got a lot of time to yourself. And if you feel like you're not like meeting anyone, making friends, then you've just got more time to chew that over. Yeah. Um, but it did mean that I got to travel a lot. Like I did get to like, I mean, I started going to like dance classes and like open mics and stuff like that. And it meant that I didn't have to worry about completing certain assignments. I mean, I had an assignment for like my actual home uni, but that was like just one piece of work. And then it was worth all of my mark so I didn't have to worry about getting in loads of really complicated um essays for a, a Spanish uni or anything like that and I personally think that was a really good thing because it meant that I did have the freedom to go out and talk to people which I'm not sure everyone does when they go to a uni so you get talked at a lot in the language which is good and you've got to write a lot in the language which is good but then if you don't necessarily have as much free time to kind of go out and just talk to people on the day to day if you find it a bit harder to like integrate with students, which some people do, some people don't, um, it means that you can actually be like, I'm going to go to this language exchange group that I found, or like, I'm going to start this hobby and I can do it during the day because I have a free morning, or I can go to the gym and I can start doing these classes and talk to the instructor. Like, it's just the little things make all the difference. Yeah, because also, if anything, that's like better than just being in that uni bubble because mm. you're experiencing the culture firsthand with people who are living there. I know I certainly have got friends who have gone somewhere for university and don't know anyone from that place because that does happen quite a lot with universities where it's a group of collective people who have moved away from home and it's a Surrey bubble in one university or it's everyone from this place exactly. here and they all kind of clump together. And I think that is a really important thing just to mention is that there are different ways you can do like your year group and again I'm talking from a language perspective because I knew what I wanted to do when I went over there I was like okay if I'm doing my full year in Spain now which I now am because I had to make myself feel better about the fact that I'd kind of copped out of one of my kind of things that I was supposed to be doing I was like I'm going to come back and I want to feel like it's made a difference like a considerable difference and so 
that was just something always in the back of my head. Like I didn't want to speak English. I wanted to speak Spanish. And so I did have friends from the UK um, there. And like, so my housemate at the moment, we were in, living in the same neighborhood for half a year. Um, but we didn't see each other all the time. Like we had other friends. And so it's like, I would go to a dance class and they were all like slightly older ladies, but it didn't matter. Cause I was like, they're talking to me and we're chatting and we've got like this nice connection. And that was one of the biggest things for me is that when I went abroad, I found that a lot of the people that I ended up speaking to the most and kind of kind of creating friendships with and stuff they weren't necessarily peers in terms of age or profession or whatever mm. and if anything I feel like it's given me a much better perspective just in general so regardless of the fact that it was abroad it was just a case of these are people and this is what they do in their life and it's not in this university bubble where you're like oh I have an essay and it's worth three percent of my degree and it's gone I say that now but like obviously dissertation's a big deal yeah. <laughs> but it's it, it kind of gave me that perspective and not everyone does have that and I that's something that I am quite grateful for that that was something that I managed to do but equally it was because I was in a city whereas for example if you're doing British council and you get put in a little village in the mountains you're gonna have to do a lot more work to maybe find people who are a bit more willing to let you yeah. into their and do you think that is a generational thing as well, not just maybe in Spain, but like globally? Because I know right now, if I went out to a class or somewhere, I think it's very much a UK thing, mm -hmm. very much a London thing, mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily meet people under 25 yeah. who are going to be like nice and outgoing and friendly, because I feel like we are just quite trained to not put yourselves out there, whereas... Again, it is that kind of stereotype of the older woman who is friendly and willing mm. and that kind of stuff. To yeah. Kind of have that relationship. I would really say so. And so when I was doing these dance classes, like there were only a few of us, but it was kind of funny as well because I will say that the fact that I was speaking fairly decent Spanish does endear you to people, especially when you're in kind of a touristy city and they're like, oh, thank God she actually speaks Spanish because then they don't have to be like, oh, I don't know, my English isn't, uh. it just makes yeah. things easier, like, you can sort of joke with them, things like that, but, like, in that particular class, there was a slightly younger girl, and then, like, kind of my age, a university student, and then, um, sort of, they weren't old women, they were just, like, middle-aged, like, basically 30 or over, that's so bad that I'm yeah. saying these things, but, um, and they were kind of ones who joke around, and they would include you, and then it was only at that point that the other girls started to warm up to me a bit. And is there mm. anything, when you were out there, that found really hard that you didn't enjoy the fact that I had so much time to fill it left a lot of time for me to just sit with my thoughts um I ended up being in a flat where I was living with the landlord who was lovely um but he was always really really busy so he was like a, again slightly older guy um, and then someone who then moved out a month in so I ended up basically living on my own in a flat for two or three months and then two other girls moved in who were actually Chinese and they were super nice, they were really really friendly but they kind of were their own little group because you're meeting people all the time, you kind of have to put yourself out there and so you just have to be ready to kind of have first contact with people and then making an effort to kind of keep talking to them it's really tough because you're it's kind of you feel like you're gonna have to like sell yourself especially if you're not a native speaker of the language because like mm. i said i don't want to sound too up myself but like my spanish is good but you know it's things like making jokes and stuff and things like that like that only comes after you've been there for a while so it, yeah. it's gonna be quite isolating at first when you're like in a big group of people you're kind of like yeah i don't want to follow along with the conversation but like i i feel very much like an outsider so that was really isolating so you know 
cry on your phone to your mum it's all yeah. fine yeah because that's another thing family wise did you just not see your family for that first term when you were away so even though I probably could have gone back I didn't because I was like if I come home I'm not going back so yeah. um from September through to almost end of December I was in Seville I, I didn't go home yeah. um and how did you find that because is that difficult i was counting down the days so it was really weird because i would have some really up days and i would have some really down days and that was definitely on the back of like what i was experiencing over summer as well which was just like a general mental health dip like was what it was um so it was kind of like repercussions of that because that's the thing like putting yourself out there is exhausting so sometimes you just want to like chill out and have a chill day but when you yeah. don't necessarily have a place to be then you have to motivate yourself to go out there and sometimes you want to have company that that isn't challenging like there are people who I will invite over and I know that I do not have to put any effort into the conversation and that is absolutely fine and they're not going to judge me whereas if you are putting yourself into those new situations you're not a different person but you have to be probably the best version of yourself because that's what you want to put out there whereas being at 100% for two three months is super difficult honestly you've hit the nail on the head that's essentially what it was is that i'm quite introverted i'm sort of like a weirdly extrovert introvert but i i get really tired like being very social all the time so i like i like being social like it's fun but i need to recharge and i think just because i was a bit up and down at the time anyway um it didn't really help my experience was that there were times when I would just be like, okay, I'll go and do, I want to go and do that, but I don't necessarily have anyone to go and do that with, so I just got me. Have you ever been to a restaurant on your own? Like a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant? I've been to the the bar at uni, but even that, I was guaranteed to have someone walk past who I knew who would sit down. Mm. Like I would, I've never been to a restaurant where someone comes and asks you how many people are going to be sat at your table, oh, and okay. you have to say one. <laughs> No, I genuinely like I did that. It was a restaurant that I knew. It was just the point where I was like, yeah, I'm okay with this because the people on both sides of me were both on dates. Oh, <laughs> and, no. and I was like, this is cool. But I was like, I was fine with it at that point. So like, that was that was like a clear moment for me where I was like, ah, development. So coming towards the end of your year abroad, what would you say, looking back at it, is the thing that you miss the most? So while I was living more or less in the city centre, like I lived in a lovely part of the city of Seville, which is very historic. And it was just the fact that in 15 minutes, I could be like anywhere. For anyone who might be in second year now, or for anyone who might be at school or looking towards something which involves the year abroad, mm-hmm. what would be your kind of main piece of advice having done it? Have a really good think. You need to know either what you're about or what you want to be about because you get as much as you give when you go abroad and obviously you're going to run into hiccups, you're going to run into problems. You need to decide what your priorities are and then that's what you need to work on when you go out there or, or that's something that you need to look think about when you're even applying for a course with a year abroad. So it's like, for me, I was like, I know I want to speak. I want to go to Spain. I want to speak Spanish. And that was probably one of the things that drove so many of my decisions that even when there was a part of me saying, oh, I don't really want to go to that because no one's going to like me. Mm. Um, for some people, they want to go and they're like, I just want to have the best time ever. In which case, great, do it. Pick the most fun place. 
and go. And like, don't too stress too much about your uni work because in your mind, your priority is enjoying yourself. So if you get lower grades, then like, that's the decision that you've made. If it turns out that your year abroad is worth a lot in terms of your actual final degree marks, then maybe you want to go over there and you're like, I want to get the most out of this course and being at this uni, then like focus on the uni work. Like it's, it can be totally different for each person, which is why it's hard to give advice. And I don't want to say don't worry because you're allowed to essentially yeah I think you should in a way like people should you should worry because it it gives you an incentive to research and to inform yourself and to prepare yourself which is never a bad thing thank you so much for coming and talking to me today thank you for having me that was absolutely okay What an inspirational story and some really good advice as well for if you are going on a year abroad. Thank you so much to Alex for coming along and recording with me and thank you to you at home for listening. If you enjoyed this then please go and leave us a review and we'll see you next time for another university podcast. Bye bye.